0: Love Talk Radio Love Talk Radio Coach why we can't go
1: outside
0: and
1: play today? Baby, cause there's too much happening out there We got misguided people in this world who turn to violence And use guns and sometimes innocent people like you and me Get caught in the middle of it well, what's wrong with him? Baby, I don't know. They need changing a lot. Ain't no name on them bullets when they take flight And so we're praying that's God for a safe night Right, this is getting wild out here should no parent ever have woman, still it affects you. Violence ain't racist. Death committed, faces complacent. Till it hits home, that's when you taste it. And all of these murders and numbers unheard of, for reasons unheard of. Account for a third of crimes just committed. You hear, but do you feel it? Now, me and my people stand strong until they get it. Tell the streets to put the thumbs down. Let's build a foundation here on common ground. you know that we won't stop until that peace is found. Battle cry through the night, can you hear that sound? Don't play this it ain't part of a bomb. It Take people in all positions to get
2: together and solve in one city, one state, one nation, one voice. And the victory is ours, you can make one choice. Oh, why can we live here in peace? That peace is what we need. Why well,
3: Welcome to Black Wall Street USA for Thursday, February 11th, 2010, with your host, Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. This is Sonya Perdue, founder of Chicago's BlackBusinessNetwork.com, and I will be Ron Carter's co-host for this segment. After the opening, you are listening to Common Ground, performed by Chicago's own Kosher, and Something Great by Inspire out of Las Vegas. Black Wall Street USA is on the air every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. right here on CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. CBBN Talk, which is is the show that I host on Tuesdays, is designed especially for the members of Chicago's BlackBusinessNetwork.com to present their products and services to you, the Blog Talk audience, nationwide. We're on the air every Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Join us and touch the world. We want to thank you for being with us this evening and for sharing in this opportunity to serve African-American businesses across the nation by calling in and being part of the solution. As we welcome the host, Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, we want to let you know that Economic Economic Summit 11 is scheduled for Saturday, February 27th, right here in Chicago from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., at Holman Square, located at 3333 West Arlington. There were over 200 guests at Summit 10 on October 31st at the Urban League last year, and we expect an even larger turnout at this event. The first 250 guests will receive a deluxe city ban. It is our way of saying thank you for your support. Black Wall Street Chicago wants to ask that everyone registers for this event by February 21st. There is no charge to enter if you register by this date. At the door, the cost will be $10. That is Saturday, February 27th from 8:30 a.m. to 5 p.m. Arrive early and get one of our spectacular goodie bags. To register and for more information, call 312 624 Eight three five one three one two six two four eight three five one, and we're already getting calls, so come on over. Uh, they have vendor booths uh, before it's too late. Come on in. We will repeat this information again in the show, and it is also posted in the chat room. I've posted it posted it for you in the chat room. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA, and this evening's show will be presented in two parts. Ms. Jan Lindsay, membership chairperson for Black Wall Street Chicago, will be joining us for the first segment. Ms. Lindsay is also an executive board member for the Black Shopping Channel. Watch out, Chicago. The Black Shopping Channel is coming your way. We're excited to have Jan with us this evening. In the second segment, we ask the question, you must be a racist. Black Wall Street USA discusses the pro-black business agenda. The question is circulating more than you think regarding the movement, a much-needed movement toward buying and shopping black businesses. So Ron and I thought that we would invite you to discuss with us how these accusations of racism by blacks for their support of black businesses should be addressed. So stay tuned for the second half of the show, which should be quite interesting. Our call-in number is 347 Three two six nine four seven seven. Our caller number is 347-326-9477. Seven, seven. The chat room is open. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. That is how we network. That's a networking tool also. Press the number one if you would like to speak to our guests or if you have a comment or a question. Let's welcome the chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, Ron Carter, to the show.
4: Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, (laughs) Mr. Carter. How are you? It was one of those days today. We had one of those uh, board meetings for Black Wall Street. Then we had a uh, committee meeting preparing for the summit for February 27th. And then we were uh, guests for Black History Month at the uh, OCC Option Exchange uh, in the loop which uh, they had a well-received ethnic group to hear about the historical nature of Black Wall Street and also as it relates to the uh, uh, Black Wall Street Chicago. And then to top it off, as this day was moving forward, uh, we understand that um, Reverend uh, L. Sharpton had a meeting with uh President Barack Obama and upon his meeting communications were uh developing today in uh in the report from Reverend Shopton that he will want to come to the summit and to present his meeting of the economic agenda of the president and to use Black Wall Street as a model of how we are to promote the urban economic agenda. So there's been a lot of things happening today. If I say good morning, that means I'm still hyper (laughs) to move this day forward. You know, I mean, it's not. it was one of them non-stopping days for Black Wall Street, in which that's a continuous uh, dialogue, even to the point that we also got word that uh, uh, Gary, Indiana, wanted to be a part of the Black Wall Street. So, Sonia, when I say good morning, I'm still fresh and I'm still, uh, lively with the day and I don't know if I want to bring it to an end, but, uh, I am delighted that we're here and we have, uh, guests today and we're moving on with the Chicago Black Business Network talk show and which, um we got a good show to, uh, um, to, to present and to discuss. And so, good evening, in a way, okay?
3: <laughs> good right. evening, Mr. Carter. Yeah, you're on top of the world. It's really going, and it's it is, it is exciting. And you do sound like it's morning. That's how that's how much enthusiasm you're putting through, Ron. Oh, is that what it is?
4: Yeah. Well, look, I, I guess the the energy has been sparking today. That's for sure. So I'm still energized uh, from whoa. From uh five thirty this morning so i'm I'm good I'm wow, good.
3: wow, right. it's only going to get better I think you're going to be doing some twenty twenty five hour days
1: but yes, uh I know that's, that's,
3: that's the way <laughs> the way that it's going, and uh I know you probably didn't expect all this when you started this in two thousand and seven, did you Ron? No,
4: Black Wall Street started out of frustrations of conversation. Uh, meaning that people were just uh, doing that barbershop uh, beauty salon talk, frustrated with the issues. And so we didn't even know what the concept of Black Wall Street was all about. We just say, well, look, if we're going to talk about it, we're going to have a meeting, we're going to have to call ourselves something. And so as we uh, – one of the people came up and said, well, look, let's call ourselves Black Wall Street. So what does that mean? So historically – We found out the historical nature of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and as Tulsa, Oklahoma was destroyed by bombs, other cities were destroyed too. But there's been some social and economic conditions that have destroyed because when we look at Chicago, it's no different than uh, Oakland. It's no different than Atlanta. It's no different than Detroit. It's no different than Harlem of New York City we all have the same issues. So with all of the issues and with all the network that we have nationally and as we move to the uh the talk show of um the Chicago Black Business Network to the Black Wall Street USA talk show, because, you know, as you know, as we've been doing these talk shows, we've been having people from all over the country calling in, and we've been networking nationally. So, no, I wasn't expecting where we are today, but it's just more of a spirit that's going on that we have to pull it together, and that's what it's doing, even to the point as we are Uh, working now to have the national summit of black wall street usa here in chicago area in august and as we even expanding our relationship to gary indiana which there was some mixed feelings about gary indiana but we're going to embrace that city as a black wall street as we are embracing others as well so know the vision Uh, wasn't there, but the desire to get here definitely was there, and we are on the roll. So, yes,
3: no, yes
4: and no, okay? (laughs) Yes and no.
3: I got you. I think that um, it's a phenomenal opportunity. Sometimes, uh, as they taught us, opportunity comes knocking, and you got to be ready to uh, open the door. And I think that's what's being asked of you, Ron. That's my interpretation. Um, as you move through each step, opportunity comes. You've been preparing for this, and uh, uh, your years as a editor and publisher was preparation. Your, you, your years as uh, an activist in the Chicago community was preparation for this. When you stepped up to the helm, you did not expect that it would come as it is coming. But, and this is my interpretation, you were being prepared to do this. Uh, people.
4: I'm rolling my uh, eyes. What you talking about. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: What'd you say?
4: <laughs> that's okay. All right. So just, I uh, just, uh, talking out loud. Go ahead. I'm
3: sorry. Go. I was just I talking sure, out loud. <laughs> I sure want to know what you said, though. So anyway. <laughs> I was, that's what I think, right? Um uh, Okay. Don't 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 let it bother you. Uh somebody gotta step up,
4: don't they? Well yeah, we all stepped up to the plate. Um I, I think even to the point of what we started two years ago to people that's coming into Black Wall Street today. Uh people coming in, some people are actually being drafted. To be a part of Black Wall Street. When I use that term "drafted," that means that when we see people that have uh, skills and have the, uh, the the know-how to help move us forward, we somewhat kind of grab them and draft them and say, "Look, this is where we got to move, and your expertise can help us do it." Yes, there are people that walk away from the responsibility, but there is a a, a magnet of what we' have been doing that have brought some very skills As a matter of fact, if I have to say, Sonia, to the point of uh, the Chicago Black Business Network, uh believe me when I say what you have contributed, even to the point when you contribute when you brought those donuts to to one meeting, well, nobody wasn't expecting that, but you stepped up to the, some some general tasks that contribute to the whole agenda. And even to the point as you have been pushing our internet presence uh, forward. So it's you, it's uh, the, the the 20 committee members of Black Wall Street, it's all of us that have made this difference. But even as we made this difference, we know that we got some major tasks uh, tax in front of us, and we're moving forward. So, okay, I'm going to give myself some credit with the rest, but I understand what you're saying.
3: And it's okay, because I'm going to go back and listen to that part. But anyway, (laughs) I wanted (laughs) what that's what the Internet does. But anyway, and it's okay. But uh, anyway, yes, everyone, not only you, uh, when I say that, I use you as an example, we're being prepared. If uh, you start building a prototype with Black Wall Street Chicago that has to carry forth uh, as – as a national prototype, that's a huge job for everybody. Your board members, everybody in your organization—that's that's a huge challenge. But mm-hmm. we do have to step up and, and and do that. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA with host Ron Carter. Now let's let's recap. Could, uh, do we have a confirmation for Reverend Sharpton or? Are you still waiting yes, that play? is definitely wow.
4: in the motions right now, uh, and for the most part, that's a 90%. It was his uh, recommendation that Black Wall Street uh, be the model to move forward this uh, economic template of where, Chicago, where the nation need to be in addressing economic agendas. Uh, that came through our board member and activist, Mark Allen, that has been communicating with uh, Sharpton, and he communicated with me today that uh, that is how we want to move forward. So what we're doing is, again, as we had our committee meeting today, and I think that kind of laid it out, even though we had our agenda pretty set, as we get closer and closer to the agenda, many things come on the table that we need to kind of alter our agenda and so the, the summits are set in order to do that type of alteration, but still stay focused on what we planned to do three months ago, but we have to have that open door of inclusion. And that inclusion includes the, uh, the local business on 47th Street to the local uh, agenda that Al Sharpton has presented to uh, President Barack to have on the agenda for the next summit. So, yes, we are moving closer to a uh, uh, what I would say um, just working out the clint, clinks, but it is a, a, a done agenda that Reverend L. Shopton will be making the presentation at this summit on his meeting using Black Wall Street as a template and a model how we need to push the urban economic agenda.
3: That's great news. Ron, Black Wall Street USA is a is new on the blog talk radio scene. But like Black Wall Street Chicago itself, we're taking off running. And uh, I just want to share with the listeners some of the past guests that we've had. Obi Wordlaw. Uh, Obi, I think, said he was the 25th largest black business owner in Illinois and like 125th in the nation. He joined us on our first show. Daryl Jones, contractors in the neighborhood. We want to thank Daryl for being our guest Last week and that was just One uh, that was just Part one for us we're going to have Mr. Jones Back again Senator Donnie Trotter was a guest Uh, Illinois State Representative LaShawn K. Ford was a guest Uh, We we thank all of them For joining us and we don't want To get forget Mr. Prentice Allison who has been Named uh, chairperson For Chicago's For uh, Blackwall Street Oh, on Madison, Madison Madison Street, Street. correct. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. right. You know, this is Black Wall Street, the Chicago Black Business Network. I, I got 'em going back and forth here, Ron. But we've had we've had some great shows, and uh, and it's something else that we're growing into, and it's just going to take it's going to take off as well. It's going to take off as well. You're listening to Black Wall Street, Chicago, USA, with our host Ron Carter. I'm Sonya Purdue. Ron, our first guest is on the line. Why don't you? Welcome,
0: Jan
4: Lizzie to the show. Yes, Jan Lindsey, um, if I can make this uh, pre-intro, is that an individual, again, as we talked uh, earlier about people stepping up to the plate, uh, when our last summit there was a representative of the uh, Black Shopping Channel at the summit, and they presented a, a position of wanting to be a part of the Black Wall Street. Uh, That individual came to that one summit, but uh, Jan Lindsay somewhat stepped up to the plate. She stepped up to the plate being the director of the, um, uh, being a board director of the Black Shopping Channel and also an active business person in Peoria, Illinois. Uh, And then she stepped up to the plate to take on a role as chairman of the Black Wall Street membership uh, committee, uh, and also a an active participant with the Peoria Black uh, with Black Ch- uh, with the Black um, Chamber of Commerce. So we'll follow that, and with the spirit and the, the drive that Jan uh, has, uh, Jan, welcome to Chicago Black Business Network and the Black Wall Street Speak.
5: Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Sonia. Ron, you're on a roll. I tell you, I must commend you. Kudos to you because you are really, really moving forward here. Oh, Ron, well, we're, we're, we're moving forward.
4: And I definitely want to um, commend you stepping forward to uh, make this whole process uh, come to the next step. Uh, Jan, let me ask you, Who who is Jan? How did you get to be Matter of fact, I heard a secret about you. Oh, really? Yes, you surprised the heck out of me. I hope oh, I'm oh, really? not wrong. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Somebody <laughs> told me Jared? that you
4: are a minister.
2: You didn't know that, Ron? No, I did you're
6: not
4: sorry. know that.
5: Yes, I am a minister here in the state of Illinois through the Illinois District Council, where our bishop residing is Bishop Ellis, down on 45th Street. He is the presiding bishop for the Illinois District Council
4: Mm. under the Mm. PA. So we have a minister that is promoting the black uh, shopping channel and got a real agenda for economic development.
5: Yes, I'm an entrepreneur as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I come through a long line. My mother was an entrepreneur. My grandparents, both my grandmother and my grandfather, all my Mm -hmm. greats were – entrepreneurs, so it's just in my soul, Um, and ministry as well, Um, I can't Mm. give you much uh, genealogy on the ministry, but I know that I've been called, and Mm -hmm. so therefore, that's something I cannot deny or run from, because, you know, every time I try to run, I end up running back, so. I'd like to save over here in ministry. Okay.
4: So tell me how uh how did you get involved with the black shopping channel? And tell us a little bit what is the black shopping channel.
5: Okay. I went to a ministers, pastors conference in Detroit, Michigan in May of oh nine, where I was introduced to the Black Shopping Channel. Now this this uh conference uh, allowed various vendors, ministers, pastors to be able to find out the things entrepreneurial. Uh, Bishop Ellis is a very, very, Charles Ellis is a very strong man with belief in moving forward. And uh, while I was there, I was just touched by uh, his leadership and his beautiful church that he has built and for his community and for his children and, and for the uh senior. So there's just entrepreneur all over the place. His wife mm-hmm. is director for Mary Kay. She's a phenomenal lady in the Lord. And just seeing her driving around and pink Cadillac escalate, I was like, oh, I want to be like that, you know. But anyway, mm-hmm. once I left that conference, having uh, just being briefly introduced to the Black Shopping Channel, I came back to Peoria and I began to seek the Lord even on a higher level economically, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just You know, I'm called to do more. And as I began to seek and look back to my heritage, uh, the Black Shopping Channel inspired me to be able to uh, meet a gentleman who was doing a product for a wine company. And Mm -hmm. um, I was the person who did the commercial for uh, the wine company. And as I was sitting one day thinking about what could I do with wine, you know, trying to piggyback off of that, and I said, and being a minister, you know, I thought, Oh well, grandpa made moonshine, my mom made wine mm-hmm. but the spirit spoke and said, Why not an altar wine? So I've recreated myself and uh allowed the Lord to move in my spirit and I'll be introducing uh an altar wine uh next month.
0: Oh,
4: okay. So then with this, now when you introduce it, are you, um, this is a, a national distribution or is it focused in a regional or the state of Illinois? What's the process it's going for your to distribution? Be, it's
5: going to be marketed on the Black Shopping Channel, and Black Shopping Channel is global. Mm-hmm. The Internet site is global, and the television should be in 18 states within the next few months. We've already uh, launched in New York and some of the southern eastern states. Mm -hmm. So now we are on our way to lighting up across the United States, and I'm so excited about that. And it was the Black Shopping Channel that really inspired me to create myself, you know, because the Black Shopping Channel offers a three- to five-minute infomercial, which we're doing our pre-launch tour uh, right as we speak, moving across the U.S., and – in that three- to five-minute infomercial, we ask that the persons or, you know, whoever the entrepreneur is behind that uh, idea to be able, or concept to be able to do their own commercial because who knows about their product better than that person. Mm-hmm. So the three- to five-minute infomercial as well as a web page, and there's so many other tools that have been implemented in, with the Black Shopping Channel. So it just doesn't stop there. We're talking about a three-tier revenue model uh, as well as sub-revenue models. And we just introduced our Visa Retailers Card, and mm. I'm ex- really excited about that.
4: Okay. So uh, what's the relationship with uh, Black Wall Street and the Black Shopping Channel, and even as it relates to others as well? I mean, are, well, the relationship.
5: A- black Wall Street is about black business. And empowering black businesses um, from the model of Black Wall Street, Oklahoma, and you and I both know that that was a system that worked. It worked for almost a hundred years, from 1921 or 1931, 18, I'm sorry, 31 to 1921. So it was almost a hundred years old before the bombing of Black Wall Street in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So. How that relationship works is that even though we're not racist, that's not the issue here. It's just that we are a people that have carried a nation for so many years, and it's time for us to start carrying one another. Okay. I need to be able to come to you and purchase things, and I need to know that you're out there. So being that the Black Wall Street has the businesses and the Black Shopping Channel has the vehicle of notifying where these businesses are and how to get in touch with them, so I can patronize those businesses. These—that's how that relationship is formed.
0: Okay. You have
5: the businesses, and we can help those businesses get their products and services out there on a national as well as a global level.
4: Right. Well, um, we're going to. Um, so I want to take a break, and then after the break, we want to uh, bring. Uh, Jan back on the other side so we to discuss the, this membership role that she's having and with this Black Wall Street as we move forward to the uh, summit on February uh, 27. Are we ready for that break, Sonia?
3: We can do that, Mr. Carter. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA with your host, Ron Carter. I'm Sonia Perdue. We'll be right back after this break. We support organizations like Partners in Community Building, Inc. as they contribute to building up our communities by enriching the lives of others. Partners in Community Building is a nonprofit organization, and there is no charge for their services. PICB is a HUD certified counseling agency, and here are just a few of the services available to you in the Chicagoland area foreclosure prevention, there is no charge for this service winterization who doesn't need their home winterized CETA Energy Assistance and Furnace Programs even if you are paying your electric and gas bill on time you may still qualify for assistance from CETA home ownership counseling is available as well as rental assistance referrals partners in community building is located at 3424 South State Street in Chicago for additional information and to schedule an appointment Contact PICB at 312-328-0873. Call 312-328-0873 for all of your housing needs. Ms. Bobby Ball is the Executive Director of Partners in Community Building, Inc. Tell her you heard about it on CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. Tuned into Black Wall Street USA with Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, as our host. I'm Sonia Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com. Join us and touch the world. At the break, that was Pressure, sung by CBBN member Sylvia Frederick from her recent CD, Sister Under God's Construction. Ms. Frederick is also the associate producer of Shaping Your Minds. Which airs every Saturday at 4 p.m. on Channel 21. Contact Sylvia if you wish to advertise on Shaping Your Minds or to host a half-hour segment geared toward our youth. They'll set that up for you. They have many options available for you. We invite all CBBM members to send us an MP3 recording of your song or performance. It can be spoken word, and we'll play it on an upcoming show. Our call in number is 347-326-9477. Our call in number is 347-326-9477. You must press the number one if you would like to speak to our guests or if you have a comment or question. Before we go back to Mr. Carter and our guests, we want to share a few announcements with you. Because sometimes we get to going so much in the show, we miss the announcements and we miss uh, acknowledging our supporters. I want to be sure that we get all this information out. First of all, Partners in Community Building is having a housing fair scheduled for Wednesday, February 17th, from noon to 7.30 p.m. This fair will be held in the offices of South Street Journal at 449 East 35th Street in Chicago. For additional information and to schedule an appointment, contact PICB at 312-328-0873. That's Partners in Community Building at 312-328-0873 for all of your housing needs. We want to remind you of Black Wall Street Chicago's Economic Summit eleven for Saturday, that we 27th right here in Chicago, 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Holman Square, located at 3333 West Arlington. They're asking that everyone pre-registers by February 21st. They want to have a good look at the number of people they should be anticipating. For information and to register, call 312-624-8351, 312-624-8351. And remember, we're giving away goodie bags to the first 250 guests. So if you'd like to put your business cards, your brochures, your event flyers or postcards into that distribution package, Give me a call, Sonya Purdue, tomorrow, 312 239 8835. 312 239 8835. Time is short, the space is limited, so you need to call me first thing in the morning. Ross guest this evening is Jan Lindsey, Lindsay, membership chairperson for Black Wall Street Chicago. Ms. Lindsay is also an executive board member for the Black shopping channel. You're tuned in to Black Wall Street USA. Our host is Ron Carter. Let's go back to you, Ron, and our guest.
4: Well, thank you, uh, Sonia, and uh, welcome back, Uh, along with our special guest, uh, Jan Lindsay, who's a board member of Black Wall Street and our membership chair. Uh, Jan, um, can you um, give us a, a little focus on What is the purpose and the direction as membership uh, chairperson for Black Wall Street?
5: Well, focus and direction is providing members with quality programs that is going to enhance their businesses and create an economic power system for them to be able to seek counsel, get direction, know where to move, what's in the What's in the market, what's for high demand, you know, to be able to uh, support their families and take care better care of our communities because it's our children that are out here dying and it's our streets that are falling apart and different things that are going on within our community. So the focus to increase our membership is basically revenue. We know that any organization, Business, etc., cannot operate without revenue, and it is my desire to uh, push forward, get uh, help uh, members or potential members understand that in, in order to provide services that's going to help them, local governmental, etc., we have to have revenue,
0: and in
5: order to have revenue, our businesses have to have revenue. So uh, it's a it's a 360. We all just have to take care of one another, and what I'm uh, pursuing now is to uh, have as many pre-registrations as well as memberships before the 27th, so we can have a great time and we can pay some bills.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Okay, so uh, being a a member, even though it's the the association and the the networking of uh, Black Wall Street. Um, Would you say that there is a certain type of obligation, uh, well, not just with being um, a member of Black Wall Street, but being a part of an organization, is there certain levels uh, that people are expected to be a, a member? Naturally, this is a business organization, so there is a focus of what is the bottom line, where is the network toward money? but is there a uh, another type of purpose of being a member is it from that the uh, a purpose or the, the the spirit of it or is it just how does membership affect my business
5: well as a member of the Black Wall Street Chicago it's more than just being a member. You have benefits. You have, benefit. uh, you have uh, an association to identify with, as well as you have a history of an organization or an actual Black Wall Street, again, and I'm going to repeat myself because this is so great to me, that functioned for almost a hundred years and was very, very successful. And in the spirit of that alone, it is carrying over to our Black Wall Street there in Chicago and throughout the land, Oakland, et cetera. And it's, not, it's more than just being a member. It's spiritual. There's a connection that is, in, is dwelling in the air, and we've got to catch it, grasp it, understand it, and move with it because there's power in numbers. There's a unity in numbers, and if we can all agree on the power that the Black Wall Street Chicago has and what it can offer, I believe that there can be a whole lot of things done and accomplished in less than two years because it's so much that is needed for our black businesses in Chicago. Uh, The community, we know that uh, Chicago is, what, third? With buy businesses in the in in the United States.
4: Correct. I mean, come
5: mm-hmm. on, that's power. Right.
3: And it's powerful.
4: Well, mm-hmm. Uh Sonny, do you have a guest with us this evening?
3: There's no one at the on the line at this time. They're all just listening to you.
4: Okay. Well, with that, uh, as we uh, have our uh, listeners listening in, let me ask you, uh, uh, Jan. As we begin to uh, focus on, uh, as you begin, rather, to focus on the membership, uh, can you address how Black Wall Street uh, is associated and is, I don't know if it's the term, the membership or association with other organizations such as the uh, Chicago Black Business network and the Black Shopping Channel, and even as it can relate to, uh, say, Rainbow Push or the Nation of Islam or the Chicago um, uh, or Chicago Urban League, is there a uh, a method of not necessarily just membership but association that needs to be uh, addressed as? all organizations have the same um um i guess agenda of sustaining and increasing black businesses how can you assess this association if not direct membership
5: as an association or even associations with other uh, organizations the black wall street is unique in its own way um when you look at the fact that we, that the Black Wall Street is such a um, great entity within the, Chicago, the city of Chicago and what it, it, it offers businesses exposure, you know, the networking piece of the Black Wall Street is the key. You, you have to identify with some association in order to even be accepted or welcomed in certain arenas, and we all know that. Um, it's, it's almost like the forerunner, John the Baptist, before Jesus Christ came he, came. he said, It is not I, but it is He that comes behind me. So Black Wall Street offers that a lead in and an assistance into getting certain things, information. Uh, Black Contractors United, uh, Miss Purdue, who's doing such a phenomenal job um, uh, uh, providing internet presence to uh, the Chicago Black Wall Street, uh, I myself with the Black Shopping Channel is offering u- unique services of uh, television, uh, advertising, which uh, we uh, most businesses, small businesses, can't afford that type of uh, advertising as well as a web page. And now that we're offering the retailer's card uh, to small businesses that, or just to individuals who want to be able to have bill pay features and and things of that nature, and also be able to keep good accounting records of their expenditures and their uh, monies or revenues that they earn through their business. So it's, it's definitely a wonderful organization that gives businesses exposure. And then with our monthly networking meetings, our, our weekly meetings, there's mm-hmm. just so much to uh, be able to accomplish with knowing other folks. So it's a great or I should say, other business owners. So it's such a great uh, establishment.
4: All right. Well, let me uh, uh, switch uh, a little focus in. I guess association or networking or collaboration. Uh, prior to us uh, forming Black Wall Street, there was a uh, business uh, uh, person, prominent business person. Matter of fact, uh, there's no. Need not to hide his name uh Higginbottom he is the uh, um the the founder and owner of East lake management and he's basically one of the probably the top five developers in Chicago. He made the assessment that the problem with uh chicago black community is that it had too many ministers and social service organizations running the economics of the community. As a minister yourself and as a business leader and an entrepreneur, how do you assess his uh, statement?
0: In
5: To be quite honest, um, my assessment, it, it, it's true in some cases. Because what has happened is we've become too, too, too traditional, you know. No, God never said that we had to be poor, you know. He says the earth is his and the fullness thereof. Uh, mm-hmm. He's given us uh, a mind. Because we, if we look at it, if Adam could name every beast in the field, every fowl in the air and everything under the sea as well as creeping up onto the earth, that tells me we have a great mind, and if a great mind is stagnated and and basically made enslaved or prisoned, it does not grow. It's just like a great white shark. If you put it in a small aquarium, it'll adapt to its hat you know to its environment. But if you put it in the ocean where it can grow to its greatest capacity, we need that type of growth within the church. that's why we must have entrepreneurial programs for our young people. And then we wonder why we lose our children when they get certain ages. If we don't feed them, then we won't be able, they will not be able to go out into society and be productive individuals. If they don't want to work for that particular organization, they don't have to work for them. They can create their own uh, inventions or let their ideas or imaginations run. But we have to get out of that traditional thought of, I'm just gonna to go to school and get a 9-5-er, and i'm gonna retire that's not the It's not the same anymore. The economic system has shifted and so so do you think that we
4: do mm-hmm. so do you think so that we do have to uh is there the ministers and social services and elected officials are running the business and economics in the black community more than business people or is a fair representation? that ministers and social service uh, and elected officials have to step up to the plate in the absence of business people and running the economics and the businesses of the community.
5: That could go both ways. It just depends on what type of innovative spirit that minister or that social service agency has. Those social service agencies are going to be around. Because we mm-hmm. have to redevelop our young people as well as the people who have, uh, are over 25. Mm-hmm. You know, our young adults and our young people are who we need to focus on and mm-hmm. how to pull them up to be creative and allow them to uh, get out there. But back to your question as far as ministers, um, it, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that those ministers, if they're going to step up to a plate, the plate and take a position – they have to be creative. They cannot allow themselves to be uh, just in a position for name or, or, or anything like that, but I'm praying that we, uh, God will bless that we'll have leaders that are, you know, ministers that are entrepreneurs that uh, are about encouraging their you know, their business owners within their churches because that's the only way their tithes are going to increase. <laughs> we have to generate revenue. So in order for the church to be able to keep their lights on, they've got to encourage uh, on any scale, whether it's a social mm-hmm. service agency or within the church assemblies, et cetera.
0: Mm-hmm. We've got to
5: encourage our entrepreneurial spirit. Wow.
4: Okay. Uh, uh, Sonia, do we have the guess or is that I'm seeing something different here?
3: <laughs> okay. There are people in the chat room. There's no one on the line with oh, their okay. hands up. I'd I like right. to ask you a question. Uh, you indicated. Uh, before Jan, Jan uh, really answered the question, that most organizations uh, have the same agenda: increasing and sustaining black businesses. And I don't think that they do. If that is indeed the case, Mr. Carter, where did they fail? Because that is not w- what we see across America.
4: As you refer to the the the, uh, the churches, or overall.
3: Overall, we have a multitude a multitude of organizations. Black organizations,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and if their agenda or their goal is really the same, which they're not really, it doesn't appear to me to be. Where did they fall short? Because well, right. black businesses have not increased, and they are not sustaining; they are falling.
4: Well, take the uh, the Bronzeville community as an example. That's in here in Chicago. is similar to the Harlem of uh, New York City. Um, there was a report that there was approximately 250 churches in the Bronzeville community and also about 200 social service organizations in the Bronzeville community and uh, approximately about 75 black-owned businesses in the Bronzeville community. Wow. your question of what happened or why we are where we are, uh, I guess that is a a, a focus that uh, we have to try to find out exactly what happened. Uh, I know that there are some social conditioning that happened. There's some economics that uh, that happened, such as in the Brazil community, it used to be the policy numbers that ran the economics. And the policy numbers, the the racket, is now uh, called the Illinois State Lottery. And changing the, the control of the policy number under the state of Illinois, during that time there was a host of black businesses in the Bronzeville community. So I'm not for sure if... Once the, is crime was, if I can use a lesser of, I'm sorry, loss of words, using Al Capone for an example, that he created an economic, um, uh, an agenda during the other uh, 40s with the uh, Prohibition, and once the government found out, it could not... Control the uh, the selling of beer, it legalized it. And as it legalized it, it somewhat put Al Capone out of business. Uh, maybe it's the same way with the drugs. If the drugs is somewhat being the economic engine of many low-income communities, and if those drugs maybe was uh taken out of the control of the menaces of society, then maybe the economics will shift to a different different way i mean i'm losing using drugs as an example, but even with the economics of uh California that's looking at legalizing marijuana, but as they legalizing before it legalized marijuana is also looking at following the dollar. How can the state of California actually profit from uh, the selling of marijuana, marijuana the same way the state is legalizing gambling with the casinos? So the state probably haven't found a way to legalize a crime to profit off of it. And even in the black community, We have not found a way to replace the crime with an economic engine, so we tend to, uh, for the most part, uh, tailor ourselves to the crime element that is filtering economic growth in the jails. So I think that's a broad question. I think there's some economic conditionings, and sometimes there's some economic uh, forecasting that we don't even see that makes our community uh, in the business community decrease, even to the point when we look at the Chicago public schools where only 1% of the inner-city
6: schools
4: of high school graduates are reading above the average level. So is that an indication of what we can foresee as far as black youth going into business other than um, running a corporation opposed to running a major drug market.
3: It certainly is. I We do have a call on the line. I'm going to go to the caller, but I want to ask Jan one question since she is in the ministry. This came up at the, the last summit. The question was, uh, and you've heard the term and I hope you take no offense, Jan, the God business is a good business, and I guess it depends on how you manage it. And the question came up at the last summit, economic summit ten, that uh, where is all the money going? That's going into the churches, flowing through the ministers, flowing out of the churches, and where is it flowing to? And the, and uh, someone took great offense, and I please hope I'm not offending her, and said that po- probably unless you belong to that church, you really had no right to even ask that question because that's an internal thing about. Where their money is going But if we look at the If the money is flowing into the churches And we look at the condition of the community And it's not flowing Into the community Do you think we have the right to ask that question Jan Yes Yes you do
5: And um, That is why I'm considered in some cases A renegade Because I I don't understand How it is that Again, the money flowing into the churches, but you don't see schools or academies being built by those churches. You don't see where they're really paying out a lot of money to the community that they're located in. Um, there's no. Um, well, I shouldn't say there's not, but I, I know that if you are a member there, you shouldn't have to take a loan out if they if you're paying a tithe paying member. You should be able to go to your church and ask them, well, my life is about to go off. Can you assist me? And even if you're not a Thai paying member, but you've been there and you don't make a lot, and, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I just feel that you uh, got to do better, need to see more. And, uh, and those are areas that I'm really
3: concerned about,
5: especially when it comes to caring for the community in which that uh,
3: specific edifice sits in. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jan. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA with our host, Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. Jan Lindsay is our guest this evening. Uh, Jan Lindsay is membership chairperson for Black Wall Street Chicago and on the executive board of the Black Shopping Channel. Let's go to our telephone line. Caller in area code 301. You're on the line. Do you have a question or a comment? uh
6: yes, I have both uh I thank you for taking my phone call um, uh the comments that were made about you know the criminal element in our community uh though i uh, I agree with the sentiment that we need to do better, we need to have better economic opportunities, but I make no excuses for the criminal element uh, sometimes uh we like to extrapolate uh or try to transfer criminal. Enterprises into legitimate enterprises, and there is no uh, analogy to be made there. The people who are doing uh, criminal, uh, engaging in criminal enterprises, destabilizing our community, are riding people, and they they will be riding people. And and those skills don't transfer in legitimate businesses. Uh, We, we, I I, I don't think so. Uh, And and, but what what I call, but I agree with your sentiment. I I agree that we we need to do better. We need to have more legitimate businesses in our community. Uh, but uh, which, which dovetails into this question, and, and I, I just call, called in, list, start listening to your show about 10, 15 minutes ago, so excuse me if you have um, touched up on this. Uh, oh, recently, here in the D.C. area, recently, uh, President Barack Obama, and, you know, um, I, I just don't know where black folk are today, but President Barack Obama met with three so-called black leaders to talk about the economics in the black community. Those three leaders were Mark Morrell, the Urban League, Ben Jealous of the NAACP, and Reverend Sharpton, Al, Al Sharpton of the National Action Network. My question to you, sir, if you're going to talk about black economics, are these the people you want to meet with the president for one hour?
4: Well, let me uh, – uh, so you wasn't in on the beginning of the show, is that correct? Yes, correct, yes. Okay. In the beginning of the show, we kind of gave an overlap of what's been happening today with Black Wall Street here in Chicago. And part of that was that we did a – I made an announcement uh, regarding L uh, Sharpton, Reverend L. Sharpton in his meetings uh, with the president. And so understanding what you just stated is that how are those individuals is going to bring that economic agenda to the black community or to the point are they qualified or are they sincere enough to transfer uh, some form of economic agenda uh, to the black community meeting with the president? Um, we here in Chicago have a representative that has spoken with uh, Reverend L. Shopton on that same question that you just posed to us. And in doing so, we have invited uh, Reverend L. Shopton to be at the Black Wall Street uh, Economic Summit on February 27th, in which the conversation was that. How are we going to, uh, I'm not for sure if you're familiar with Black Wall Street Chicago or the Black Wall Street uh, USA affiliates around the country, but we're going to be having an economic summit, which we have every three months. Uh, We have these summits. And at this particular summit, uh, 11, Reverend L. Sharpton will be on the agenda to so that we can interact with exactly how that meeting with the president is going to filter to some action dialogue. And just to bring you a little bit up to date is that when we have our economic summits here in Chicago every three months, the purpose of these summits is to have a dialogue of motions and resolutions of what you say you're going to do and what you're going to do, and you come back every three months to report that progress, if that progress was made or if that progress was not made, and so that we can keep abreast of what we say we're going to do and keep abreast what we was not able to do. So I understand if those three individuals were the appropriate ones to meet with the president, Uh, on the urban agenda, the black urban agenda, but we have started that dialogue today with Reverend L. uh, Sharpton to your question. So that is in motions.
6: Uh, Well, I appreciate that. I I appreciate that, and I thank you for being uh, in front of that because, uh, I mean, they're going to meet and come out and talk about issues on behalf of black people. And I didn't vote for them. I didn't elect them. I didn't put them in the room. At the very least, they can give us a blow to blow the minutes of that meeting. They can release that so we can understand what exactly did the president say in response to whatever they were bringing to him. And if we can get a timetable, a time frame uh, uh, put out, that would be appreciative. But That again, is exactly what's going to take place, and that was exactly
4: the conversations that members of Black Wall Street Chicago had with Reverend L. shoplin to that. And I am very um, in line with the question of how is it that three individuals can represent the whole nation of a black immigrant agenda. Let me ask you, what is happening in Washington, D.C., um, taking in consideration that it is,
6: uh, what's
4: the population, black population of Washington, D.C.?
6: Well, I, I live outside of Washington D.C. in Southern Maryland. Uh, okay, let within me, well, 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 let me just say this: in, in, in Maryland, in Southern Maryland, mm-hmm. one of the most contentious issues uh, are MBEs uh, that they, they've been around for forty years, but What's that they again? have been uh, minority business enterprises. Okay, these well, yeah. are this is a state program that yeah, was set up you know the established black uh, in in contracting and so forth like that uh it, it's been a, a, a total total failure and there's reasons for that um uh, uh because it it, it it's it, it's it's not based upon true economic growth but more on patronage and, and taking care of your, your african american friends uh, uh but but the, 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 the that's the same thing it is here in Chicago basically yeah, so, the same thing here in Chicago but but cuz i mean, cuz you wouldn't believe but it It'd just take too long to, to, to talk about it but let me say in the county i live in we have what you would call an office the incubator and that's set up for black businesses but it, it is vastly underfunded uh to do that and it, and it's not it's called underprivileged uh disadvantaged business development whatever But uh, let let me just say this. Let me just because this is a bigger point here, and I want to get your guess and your opinion on 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 these two matters. Very, let me say very quickly. One is the Community Reinvestment Act, uh, where uh, uh, banks who receive FDIC insurance have to put, I'm told, one percent of their revenue into a fund to assist the communities where they do business. It's, it was sort of created to, to, to stop because of the redlining thing. And yeah, that's been around for a while. 1970s, right. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, 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 and again, um, I, I know you're on it. Don't get me wrong. I know you are. Uh, but uh, in the community, we got we very little independent experts, think tanks, that focus on these things that are supposed to be in place to help us, but we don't know anything about them. And, and 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 that's my I'll get your viewpoint on that and you think it's a success or failure because I see people setting these things up, but the funds don't go to black businesses. Uh, and, and and second, oh man, I, I lost my train of thought on the second one. But but if, if you, you can just deal with the the question I have about the Community Reinvestment Act and 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 because I, I I I I see again our, our our situation is very very politicized in my opinion uh the the the, uh, the hundred dollars that I have in my pocket, uh probably, you know, uh, uh ninety seven of it is gonna go outside the community. My wife goes to a beautician and does her hair, that's it. Uh that that's where uh 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 well, our our dollar goes in the black community. So let well, me let me get your opinion on that.
4: Well um First of all, I, my background is a community organizer. I work for the National People's Action, and we lobbied and fought and had the Community Reinvestment Act in place uh, in 1977, and we worked through that process, and we did demonstrations on banks that not, did not apply to the to the law of the Community Reinvestment with that community organizing on trying to get banks to live up to their responsibility is one thing. But I have to kind of put it back on the, the nature of Black Wall Street as it relates to Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, is that in Tulsa, Oklahoma, as well as other parts, those communities had their own economic agenda. And those and I know that the conditions of separation is not here today to help us be our own. But I believe that we have to start for example here in Chicago, we have identified seventy fifth street as a, a street that is ninety percent black businesses. We have identified another street, uh Madison Street, which is maybe about 20% black businesses, but we are going to call that street Black Wall Street. And the purpose of that is not so much we know the politics of the uh, of government kind of intervene when it comes to making laws such as the Community Reinvestment Act, and sometimes we can be diluted with the government contracts, we can be diluted, When it comes to the Community Reinvestment Act, we can be diluted with laws and regulations, even to the point as the federal government has stated that you cannot identify blacks part of a set-aside, that we all are minorities, and even in Chicago, as they include gays as part of a minority, that will reduce the black participation in government contracts and vending. I believe that what we have to do is the politics and the patronage come into play with government contracts. We have to be able to establish our own base. One thing that we have done here in Chicago, we established the black contractors in the neighborhood because we understand that major big dollars are in commercial construction but we also know that construction in the neighborhoods is an untapped market for black contractors, but it is a strong market for other uh, contractors. When we see uh, some brothers sitting on the porch hanging out in the porch next door, you, you see uh, other ethnics working on that property. So I believe that we got to look within To change the economic conditions, some things are right that we must make government accountable to what they're supposed to be. But I believe the other part is that we got to take our community. Um, uh, Maybe if one of uh, Jan or uh, Sonia, you want to make comment on that, or
3: I have a comment for the young man, and it's just uh, Ron has the history. So you ask Ron a question, he go way back. That's what I mean about preparation. Uh, my my background is corporate, go home, work, go home, I'm going about my business because I don't associate a lot because uh, I go from zero to 60 and I'm, I have a low tolerance for crap, okay? What I found, not just because um am involved with Black Wall Street Chicago, uh, but what I'm finding and what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing uh, over a period of time, dollars, those little those, token or, uh, token uh, associations or organizations or depart- governmental departments where they designate some funds, put, some, put a name on it, put a black face there, and say this is to uh, – put some funds into the community, and that's all that they're doing. This is what I'm seeing. They do put a black face on it, but the black face they put on that money or in that position, whether it's a little or you could give someone power over a few million dollars, or you give give power over $50 million. But when they put that person in that position, and I've seen this a few times now, that person is not going to be any threat. That person is not going to really, and it's not absolute, I never speak in absolute, is not going to push it. That person is not, you're not going to see a big change by that face being in that position. That's why that person is in that position. When a person gets one of those positions, and they try to avoid that person having that position, someone that can be effective, they try to avoid that. And when I say they, you know who I mean? No, I don't. And Who are you talking they, about? I mean, the <laughs> the top ten percent that control government. Who controls the government? Anyway, are you talking
4: about the white man? What are you talking about?
3: Talking about the white man and the white woman, and, <laughs> okay. and the Chinese, and a few other people too. But anyway, okay. whoever controls their flow of money, okay, call it the Rockefellers if you want to blame it on them. But anyway, if you're in Africa, it's probably somebody else. But anyway, um. The person that they put in that position, that they put someone in there that begins to be effective, and I've seen this happen, they get rid of them. And that's how it goes. And that process is repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated over and over again because we're not collectively, and that's one thing that has to be done. It's so much that has to be done. It's unbelievable. We're not collectively focused in on that position where that money is and that job that that person is doing or not doing. You see where I'm going, young man? That's why I look at that. Well, this is what we're going to do. Uh, I want to see if you have a final comment, young man, Jan. Did you have a response to him? And we have a second yes, part. Yes, do. So we put the title up there, Ron. we got to do the second part. So, you Jan, got it. go ahead and uh, – I'll make it quick. Give your comment.
5: I'll make it quick. I thank you, Sonia. Yeah. Um what I wanted to uh, uh, say is that I have been a DBE, and that's considered disadvantaged black enterprise, um, for Illinois. And uh, again, there's not enough money in that funding to be able to take care of the uh, contractors or small businesses that apply for those various funds. Also, we know that the, the distribution of those funds is one sided because anytime. Like you say, if any time they incorporate gays as a minority, well, we have to also take in consideration um, white people, uh, women, and women owned business. Some of those contractors, women, are husbands uh, running the business, but it's under her name to get those dollars. There has been a program that has been developed that is capable enough of monitoring the dollars that is dispersed from the White House all the way down to the end user. But that program is having a hard time getting out there. Uh, it's one of those things where we're going to, that's why I'm so glad we have the Black Wall Street Chicago and the uh, National, because these are the things that we need to get down to Springfield. We need to get them to Springfield so they can be lobbied. We need to get them to the White House where they can also be heard by the Senate. We need to move uh Programs that are going to be effective, and that uh, Mr. Obama or President Obama can also see himself and see that it is a very well structured programs that are out there. And then we, as people, the black people of this country, we got to be we ain't got to be radical, but we need to be a, we need to be uh, a little bit more vocal and united, and stop being you know one click over here, another click over there. We got to come together and support. Everybody. And if they're giving bad service or bad business, send them a note. Tell them, I was in your establishment and my chicken was raw. Don't go down the street and talk about them. Those are the things, those are the practices that we need to develop as a people and come together on this matter. Thank you.
4: Okay. Thank you, Jan. And thank you for being with us. You Please stay uh, with us as we move into our next segment as we speak about the Question of being pro-black, is it being racist?
3: Thank you so much, each of you. guess, guess uh Jed, please stay on the line. And our caller, please stay on the line. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA with our host, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, Ron Carter. I'm Sonya Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network, and we'll be right back after this break
2: a successful special event can be very challenging and stressful at times our staff of professionals organizes your event down to every last detail no matter what size your special event may be
1: our creativity and attention to detail turns your ordinary party into an extraordinary event at Andy Clyde's world-class service for our clients is standard we can provide travel arrangements accommodations event sites, caterers, florists Photographers, transportation, hair stylists and makeup artists, favors, daily plans for guests and pre-event information such as detailed maps, save the date cards and invitations.
2: Being a custom event planner means that we cater to you. We are not locked in by guidelines passed down by corporate. It is our job to find the best possible way to present your event. We have been referred to as Dreamweavers because we listen to what you want. And get it done. Our specialties are the vacation packages. Visit our website at www.andeclides.net to see examples of what sets our services above of others.
1: And remember, at Andy Clides, we are your Dreamers. We're
3: back and you're tuned in to Black Wall Street USA with Ron Carter. I'm Sonia Perdue. Our caller number is 347-326-9477. Our caller number is 347-326-9477. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. Press the number 1. If you're listening on the telephone, you can also listen to us at com slash cbbn. We're going to go... Uh, Jan who who is membership chairperson for Black Wall Street Chicago and on the executive board of the Black Shopping Channel, is going to stay on the line with us. But because we advertised uh, or posted on our website that we would have two segments, we should probably do that. As you can see, when Mr. Carter gets to going, he gets to going. And we all are getting excited. We're getting excited about What's taking place here? Because something great, something great, is definitely taking place here.
4: Well, I think that Sonia, what has happened is that that uh, last segment actually lead us into the, uh, the topic here, uh, okay. uh, and which is, uh, are we racists having a pro-black agenda? One um, national attention came to that is with the project that's called the Ebony Experiment, uh, where this couple in Oak Park, Illinois, a suburb of Chicago, came up with that they're going to buy all their goods from a black. Uh, establishment from a black business and when they went on this, uh, the Andersons, when they went on this crusade they uh, was uh, reached out, uh, the the national reached, uh, national media reached out to them from uh, the Larry King show um, um, uh, national televisions uh, ABC uh, CNN, all of them brought an attention to the Anderson on this crusade of only buying black. And the question was raised to them, are they being racist uh, that they are going to spend only their money with uh, black businesses? So uh, opposed to kind of promoting the the concept of being pro-black, uh the topic with the andersons was are they being racist and is it fair in order for them to just spend their money only with black businesses and so well, that's
3: where we at that's where we at well let me let me set this up a little bit ron okay we came. The the way this, this uh, came about, um, I didn't plan for the show to have that topic this week. But when we were on the show last week, one of uh, my members of CBBN was on the show, and he indicated. So it was a little closer to home to me, and I'm a reactionary. I have a tendency to do, tendency to do that. No and probably. I remember Ms. Anderson uh, of the Empower Movement expressing all those things to us, and uh, she spoke at the ICE Theater here in Chicago last October. As a matter of fact, that's where we met. Right. And uh, it was a little bit closer to home to me. Last week, uh, one of my members said that he posted, I have a little cat, uh, a little kitty looking in the mirror, and in the, in the mirror they see a reflection of a lion. He has that on his website, which is com. He said that someone called him and told him that that was racist. And that was, this is my reaction, and my question is, you must be a racist, the pro-black business agenda, because that's what my agenda is. It is a pro-black business agenda. I don't have anybody else in mind when when I formed the organization. Now, this question is circulating more than we think regarding the movement, much-needed movement, buying and supporting black people. And we need to address how we address that question, because it will be repeated and repeated and repeated. And I thought that what we would do is, because uh, I think we talked about this very briefly. What's your definition of racism, Ron?
4: Well, that, um, well, being in the movement, being part of the uh, whole black political um, movement of the uh, 60s and going into the 70s, we uh, define racist as a group or an individual that has the power to uh influence or to direct the uh or undermine another group of people using race as bait in depressing another group so uh, and even I've got this quote from uh Elijah Muhammad and he indicated that in order to be a racist you have to be in a position of power to suppress another group. So there's a difference between being prejudiced and being a racist. as I look at the term, and I believe uh, I did look at the, uh, in, even as Westbrook Dictionary uh, declared, it is to be able to suppress another group because of their race.
3: So isn't that possible for us to be racist unless we racist against ourselves right, according to that definition
4: well do uh is black wall Street racist if we interview two candidates to be an employee and we but again, I'm going back to the uh the term to suppress a group of people is not there's a difference between being prejudiced and being a racist, meaning that you have to be empowered to suppress another group. Um, I tried to justify that maybe Black Wall Street can be prejudiced based on employment uh, a preference, but no, you have to be empowered to suppress another group. Uh, there was an individual. Uh, in Chicago by the name of Ed Vedodiak. And um, he was on W V O N radio show maybe about uh, a year ago, and he was being interviewed. And he made the comment that the council wars during Hale Washington days was not about race. It was about power. And that the black community must understand that um, it was all about power and not about race. So South Street Journal replied to him in an editorial that if you use race to maintain power, then you are a racist. There's no question about it, even to the point that you may not be prejudiced and you may have some good black folks that you drink beer with on watching the football game and you're not prejudiced at all. But if you use your power of being one nationality to gain power by using another race, then you are a racist. So Ed Vadodiac, even though he gained power, but he gained power by using race in order to get his power. So black people per se, I don't know of a group uh on earth of black people that have the power to suppress another race. There have been black people that have suppressed other black people, but I don't know black people that have actually used their power of being uh, black to suppress and oppress another race. So at that's how I, I interpret that.
3: That's how you interpret at least in our modern times that we know of. Now, when I went into the, uh, and it's, it's curious, uh, listening audience, like I said, it wasn't my intention to even go down this line this week, but since it was brought to me, I'll go with it. I went in and Googled racism. It's the craziest thing you ever seen, um, the definitions, uh, and uh went to one website, the stuff that white people do. And so they were expressing what they thought racism was, and it was like 150 different ways to look at that. Uh, but the definition out of Webster, racism is the belief that race is a primary determinant of human traits and capabilities and that race differences produce an inherent superiority of a particular race. Now, I pretty much agree with what you said. Racism is about economics, and when you, when you use uh, race to embed your economic position, then that's racist. And we don't have the power to do that. When I looked at this definition of racism, it's like, what is that? What are they talking about? And then it came to me, uh, we didn't write Webster. We don't write these stories. Like they say, we don't write this history. So, therefore, I looked at it. So, when people look at this definition of racism in Webster, it softens. The blow is softened as to what they mean by racism. When we talk about racism as a black people and you tell me we're emotional about it. When we talk about racism, we're emotional about it. This is just very a non emotional definition. Might be the true definition. Webster said it. He makes up the words. Might be a truth. But I came across uh, I learned a new word today. It's called weasel word. Like weasel words. Like those little weasels these kids got running around. Little weasel. A weasel word is a vague phrasing that often accompanies bias or unverifiable information. So I felt this definition, and it was, and it was referencing this definition in Webster. I felt this definition biased and softening of the word racist, by racist, to make them feel more comfortable with racism. And that's why, that's how I look at it. But uh, I'm just giving my pos- position. It's not, it's not written in stone. Well, but it's, big... it's what I, this is what I was feeling as I was going through these definitions today.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, there is a situation. Um, uh, even with uh, when Dr. Keene came to um, Chicago and they threw rocks at him and he had a rock hit upside of his head, he indicated that he's been in the Deep South and he's protested in the Deep South. He and then he said he has never in his life seen racism so so strong in Chicago as he have never seen it before. And racism is being to be so invisible but so blunt at the same time. When Chicago indicated that it will increase the population of the surrounding loop by 175,000 housing units as it did so, in the past seven years, in the same seven years, it decreased the population of the black community by destroying public housing. So that was 175,000 housing units, not the population that it has increased in Chicago. And what it did, it actually used race baiting by decreasing the population of public housing as being an ill menace to the growth of Chicago by eliminating public housing. And at the same time, they increased the white population by increasing the surrounding loot by 175,000 housing units. So that racism is was a policy that was implemented in Chicago, but it was not a outright racism where people can call the question and says this policy of the city of Chicago is racist. And so I believe that racism is so invisible and it is so much a part of the capitalistic uh, system that it's hard to beat At sometimes the same way the federal government has instituted the policy that you cannot uh, look at the counting of blacks when it comes to vending and contracts, that all groups must be considered as minority opposed to blacks, Hispanics, um, Asian, but they all are minority. And as the federal government uh instituted this policy, what it actually did was decrease the the minority vending and contracts as our earlier caller indicated in Washington D C that it turned into more like a patronage. But actually what it did was decrease the participation of blacks with contracts, and in Chicago it uh, reduced the participation and the population of blacks in Chicago as it increased others. That was using the power of capitalism to implement a form of racism. And so can blacks be uh, racist as we talk pro-black? And could blacks be racist as we indicated that we want a black Wall Street district? Uh, and I think that goes back to that definition of is that decreasing the, the improvement and oppressing another race by saying pro-black or black Wall Street district? Is that actually stopping another group? for being a part of that economic process. And I think that the answer is no.
3: Let me add this, Mr. Carter. You listen yeah. to Black Wall Street, USA <laughs> Black Wall Street, USA with Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, I'm Sonya Perdue. I don't think that's covert racism, but the example that you just used, I think it's blatant. We're just not calling him that. I will. I'm going to give you another example, and then I'm going to say uh, one other thing. I put in my notes, and then we'll ask the caller if he has a comment, and I'll let you and Jan close out the show. This is an example I always, I've always used several times on my show uh, because you talk about being convert. Our eyes are on so many things. There's so many different things coming at us. There's so much going on that we don't see what's going on. For all of you who don't know, I'm going to tell you, and I will tell you again, uh, employers, Circuit City took this to the Supreme Court, which is why I don't shop at Circuit City. Uh, employers are now free to arbitrate ra- ra- uh, racial discrimination cases. If you go get a job, and in their employment agreement, it has an arbitration agreement, and if in that arbitration agreement it says that you uh, agree to arbitrate racial discrimination cases, that means that case, does not go to court but it goes to a private arbitrator the arbitrators in Illinois in this nation are white male that too are now deciding racial discrimination cases in the United States you can go to EEOC if you wish but if you signed that arbitration agreement when you got a job which you probably did because you wanted a job then you're going to arbitration and the white male is going to arbitrate a racial discrimination case I know this to be a fact mm-hmm. now. That is not covert racism. That is blatant racism, as far as I'm concerned, and it nullifies the 1964, the Civil Rights Act, of, of, act. the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Go to EEOC if you want and find out about that. It's not covert. It's blatant, and it's done behind the scenes, 24 hours a day. We got so many things to watch that we can't watch everything as our rights are enro- eroded and as It's presented like they're giving us more rights when at the same time they're taking away rights. Mm -hmm. That's where part of our problem lies, Ron. It's -hmm. behind the scenes. It's done on paper. Why people smile at us and tell us we're racist. I want to bring this other point up. Mm -hmm. When I went into Google, because my name, the name of my organization Chicago's Black Business Network, I want to address this. I want to address the definition of racism. I want to, and uh, do not be mad at anybody. I understand uh power everybody wants it if you get it keep it you don't give it up and that's just how it is mm-hmm. uh and we trying to get it mm-hmm. but anyway when i talked about organizations the late, the, the uh the person's going to call my member and said that's racism well when i go into google if i put jewish associations in there just for chicago there's 25 organizations just in the Chicago, and that was on one page, which with references to the word Jewish in their name. If I go and do Polish, there was 15 on one page. If I go and do uh, Greek, there were 50 on one page. There was a fire in Greek Town this week. When I looked at the Tribune today, the head of the Greek Town Association was speaking. Greek Town, should I pick up the phone? call him and say, you know what, that name is racist. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. So that's going to be my response. You can come to me with that if you wish. Then I'm going to put the question back to you
0: mm-hmm. because
3: I want to know. Uh, I'm going to go to the caller now, Ron. I can go okay. back.
4: Go ahead with
3: it. I can go I I want to go back to our caller and I guess. And ask him if he has a comment, and then I'm going to let you and Jan close up. We got uh seven minutes. Go ahead, sir and code 301. Did you have a comment?
6: Yes, uh, I, you know, I, I don't even know why we respond to such foolishness. We don't have to uh, come up with these elaborate, terrific explanations why we can't be racist because they know that they're not. The problem is we buy into this propaganda. We buy into it, as as the lady just mentioned, young lady just mentioned about all these other ethnic groups and how they exclude everybody and do for themselves and why they do it. But we don't understand or have any grasp, a lot of us, some of us do, but too many of us don't understand our history. If you read the diary of Harriet Jacobs, who was a slave and she had to do her best to thwart or to uh, hold off uh, white sexual advancements, you know, they were uh, raping her and, and, and so forth and so on as a slave. And uh, one of the arguments they would say to her was that she was a, a racist because she didn't like white men. You know, that, that was the same thing they told her. You know, she was being enslaved, slave, but they, they tried to put things in her mind that since she wanted to be free, that was wrong that was wrong for her to want to be free. That shows that she didn't like Jesus and she didn't like God and she didn't like white people and so forth and so on. And if you look at uh, when we were freed in 1865 and uh, later in, 18, in the 1860s, the Congress enacted, we all know, the 14th Amendment. But what we don't know, we don't teach our children in school definitely because we we, we like the propaganda. What happened was when blacks began to move west after slavery, say, and they went to California, San Francisco in particular, and they wanted to be admitted into the parlors, uh, the great uh, fine dining establishments, the, the uh, theaters, the hotels, they were barred because they were black. And they took it to the Supreme Court and said, look, these people are saying I can't come in here because I'm black. But we got the 14th Amendment that for- forbids that. The Supreme Court said to them, if we were to apply this 14th Amendment on behalf of blacks, it would be racist. (laughs) You're not a special citizen. Nothing special about you. We can't apply this 14th Amendment to blacks, just blacks against discrimination. It, It applies for everybody, all people. In essence, the 14th Amendment does not apply to you. This is what they said in the civil rights cases. It's there for us. This whole thing that you're racist because you want to do something for self, of course nobody will tell a Nazi, a Jew, that they're anti-Nazi or tell a uh, Chinese that they're anti-Japanese or a a Pakistani that they're anti-Indian,
3: you know. And that was my entire point. I want you to wind it up so we we got like five minutes. Thank you. Mm Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I, so I, want I, think to,
3: I want you to. I want you to come back. I want you to be sure and come back. What's your first name, sir? Hello. Well, I he,
4: think it's. Uh, it going? Okay. I oh,
2: guess. Oh, okay.
3: <laughs> this is Jan.
2: This is, this okay, is what Jan. I'm going to
3: do, Jan. We have about five minutes left, and I understand this comment, and I think I understand this position perfectly. And uh, it can get very passionate when we're talking about these things. I'm going to let you and Ron close out the show, Jan. You can have your comment, Jan, and then you and Ron close out the show. Okay. All right, Jan. I I just wanted to basically say is that we shouldn't have to
5: apologize because we're black. We shouldn't have to
1: uh,
5: silence ourselves, and that's what most people, even black people, don't want us to say. For instance, uh, BET was called black entertainment. And they changed the name. Uh, when people heard me talk about the Black Shopping Channel, and I'm talking about my own people of color. Why do you have to call it black? Couldn't it have been something else? Well, basically, it's because in economics, they teach in accounting. If you're in the black and out of the red, that means you're in the profit state stages instead of the uh, out of the profit stage. So with the Black Shopping Channel, it was not named that to be racist or to identify that we're black. It was just basically saying, get out of the red and get over in the black with our our three-tier revenue model of ways to earn revenue for your small business. We just don't only uh, patronize black businesses, but we have white businesses and other colors as well. So the issue of racism, um, to suppress one race, In order to become superior over another, that's gone back since the children of Israel, when they were coming out of Egypt, they were they were oppressed by the Roman government. So racism goes back to way back and has today.
4: Well, we have, uh, Jan, I want to thank you for being a part of uh, Black Wall Street Speaks. Uh, we're going to welcome you back, and we're going to work with you in uh, increasing that uh, membership of Black Wall Street. We definitely want to extend to the listeners and to the callers, uh, as uh, Sonia put it out, that the uh, Chicago Black Business Network radio is about action even though we have focused on the topic of uh, are you racist, being pro-black, but we still, in a conversation mode, there's still some direction. I invite all the listeners and the uh, the callers to call uh, Black Wall Street at area code 312-624-8351. If you don't have a Black Wall Street district in your particular City, give us a call and we definitely want to network because we're going to have the National Black Wall Street Summit in August of this year and where we invite you to come not only back to the Chicago Black Business Network radio uh, blog but we also want to invite you to Chicago where we're going to have a summit and that summit is based on motions and resolutions to action, regardless of the frustrations and the cries that we have based on the issues of racism, I may point out, but there's always that direction of implementation that the uh, Black Wall Street Economic Summits focus on, and we welcome all to give us a call to see how we can network and how you can come to Chicago or we can come where you are in whatever city you are, and so that we can engage in actually sustaining and increasing Black businesses, uh, Sonia.
3: I want to thank you, Mr. Carter, for another great show. There's so many things that we could cover and talk about. People, I mean, we could probably, we could do this every day. We don't have time to do it every day. We could, I we know it. I know it. We couldn't <laughs> do anything else if we did this every day. But th- there's there's so much. To cover so much to cover, and uh, we're going to take it step by step. We're going to do the best that we can. I just felt the show today. The the young man that was that was uh, I know where he was from. He was from black. He has a radio show, Black Achievement USA, and okay. we get so excited. We we mm-hmm. get so excited about these issues cause, and we sound angry, and we probably are. That's what made. You start Black Wall Street Chicago. and we Yeah, right. It was acting. a
4: conversation of frustration that directed itself into action.
3: That's it. That's it. And that's what we're doing here. When we continue the dialogue, the young man, uh, and I see you put in the chat room, why do we even have to respond? Well, for me, if someone asks you a question, shouldn't I answer it? And, shouldn't, and the show was about how should what is the appropriate way to answer have your information, and I probably need to think about a little bit more. How should we answer that? Because you're going to be asked again. Jan, thank you so much. I hope that we get to do this again, and congratulations on the Black Shopping Channel.
4: That's right. Very much so.
3: Thank you.
4: you. Thank you. see everybody.
3: Summit 11. That's right. We're going to see you on February 27th. Everyone have a good evening, and thank you. joining us tonight on Black Wall Street USA. Good Good night, everyone.